Part 2, Little Miss Dead Eyes, Self-Censorship. I'm undecided on whether I should be referring to this as the effects of self-censorship or outright denial of the self. Aren't they technically the same? It's only within the last two years I've become conscious that I haven't tried to find a committed personal relationship in nearly a decade. Honestly, had I ever? I don't think so. I'd only had two relationships I'd consider real with men I loved, and they were accidental, not intentional. I'd dismissed the idea of finding someone long ago as an impossibility and didn't give it more thought. I'd joked that perhaps I was just extremely monogamous because after my first love, I thought I'd never find anyone again. It was somehow my duty to always be faithful to that, which makes no sense. The hasty conclusion of a young, dumb brain that I didn't think to revisit until recently. Also, for as long as I can remember, I'd resolved that I was entirely self-reliant and responsible for myself in life. I had to do it all myself, and that was that. The merit or point of finding a partner was never clear to me growing up, which I find curious now. I was attracted to men and frequently socialized, yada yada, but I never saw a relationship as something that would add anything to my life. In fact, the first man I dated in high school, I dated because I was sick of my female friends ditching me so often. I observed that men were more committed to keeping plans with me, so I thought of dating a man as a way to keep more reliable company. This article isn't about my past, so I'll just say that I feel very thankful that I've unbrainwashed myself in time to realize a real, committed, personal relationship is the epitome of a worthwhile endeavor. Dare I say, the foundation necessary for me to be a healthy woman with a meaningful life in adulthood. Even if it doesn't work out in the end, there seem to be many things that come out of a long-term relationship. I don't believe it's wise for anyone to be dismissing them outright like I've been doing. It wasn't what I wanted anyway. It was a lie I told myself to stay in the safety of known loneliness. The devil you know, or whatever that expression is. Okay, back to the story. I felt guilt about not sharing my sex work involvement at dinner that evening with that fourth man. It made me think about what kind of person I was presenting myself as to him and the others on these dates. Hi, I'm Sienna. I'm in this weird transition period because I spent nearly a decade in survival mode in a not only meaningless, but often very soul-destroying job. I looked at life as a thing to endure and make the best of, not something that allowed the realization of my potential. I finally became conscious of my mindset, but I don't believe in myself enough to start my new chosen meaningful work. I've prepared for over a year and have finished the work required to start said new venture, There is no good excuse for why I haven't started. The shame I feel increases daily as I stand behind the starting line staring at it in a state of total stagnation in life. What do I currently do for work and in life? Well, I'm stuck in coward mode now instead of survival mode. So, I am coward. Nice to meet you. What do you do? Blech. I wasn't going to find someone if this was the who I was presenting. I mean, what a mess. Well, work in progress sounds more encouraging. I'll be a work in progress for a long time, probably forever. Same as everyone else. Even so, I knew I had to address this coward mode issue before I could begin to act normally again. I'd known this for over a year, and yet still the coward mode remained. So, what now? This sounds lame, but it feels true. 
it feels like it takes a lot of courage to be yourself. That sounds ridiculous, but if it's not true, then why does it feel true? I have a lot of courage, but it's a real struggle to get it to outweigh the shame when applied to things that I want to do for myself. Why is it so much easier to forgive other people? A couple days after our date, I sent the man a text that read a version of, it's not you, it's me. He laughed and said that was fine. I thought, okay, good. But then my pesky conscience couldn't restrain itself and was screaming, now say why. So I sent a mini novel with the truth in true coward fashion, aka via text, not to his face or via phone call, and he called me immediately. We spoke on the phone and had a discussion for a long while. His biggest question about my disclosure was wanting to know why I chose to lie. I met him for another date a week later. At dinner, after a brief lull in conversation, my remarkably handsome match met my gaze. It's all in your eyes. You have dead eyes, he said, waving his hand up and down in front of his eyes, proud he'd found the right words. <laughs> I like blunt men, good for him. He was right, but I didn't realize I was so transparent. I'd noticed the growing effects of self-censoring and repressing myself for a while now, but felt more comfortable denying their existence. He could clearly see the tortured, decaying soul I'd locked up behind bars to blend in, telling myself that's what would best ensure survival. I'd been doing a terrible job of hiding it or pretending it didn't exist, especially when it came to being mildly honest with someone and letting them look at the real me. Why did my brain always go right to survival risk? What a drama queen. It's like there's a whole wall of emotions and feelings stuck behind a dam, he continued. I told him as much, trying to describe my odd behavior a few moments ago, but he'd listened and summarized well. Yeah, I've repressed it all for so long that if allowed to come to the surface, I'd no doubt cry hysterically and need to hide in a closet forever. I'd have to face all the ways I've betrayed myself. My restraint of all of that is what allows normative behavior, like coming to this dinner, I said, jokingly, making a vogue gesture, framing my face, trying to lighten the mood. Well, it's not working, he said, matter-of-factly, looking back at me unimpressed. <laughs> I love it. I don't know why it was such a relief to have someone call out all my bullshit. Why wasn't I able to do it for myself so easily? I felt ashamed. I was hiding the truth. People didn't want the truth. They wanted lies. That had been my identity and job for years. Lies, lies, lies. Curiously, this time, just like last time, upon seeing me, my date told me he thought I was high. He asked me what I'd taken and why I'd showed up high. I giggled at the absurdity, which probably made me look guilty. That's messed up. I'm just walking around looking high, am I? It's quite difficult to convince someone you're not high, especially when you don't know them very well. It's probably quite hard even when you do know them. Come to think of it, earlier this year when I met other Canadians in a bar in Mexico, they playfully accused me of being high and asked me to share my weed with them. I'd failed to convince them I wasn't high too. I wondered why this guy would go on another date with a woman he thought would show up high and lie about it. He must have thought I was insane, and yet here he was. I imagine he thought something along the lines of, all women are nuts, so I just need to determine if she falls within a manageable level of crazy. <laughs> I could be entirely off, but perhaps that's the male dating experience summarized? 
It's a funny thought either way. I'm overly anxious on a good day. The thought of doing drugs gives me anxiety. I could hardly handle that extra layer of anxiety in addition to my current state, so presuming I'd do drugs before trying to socialize is laughable to me. My match and those other Canadians weren't wrong, though. I looked at recent photos of myself sober and I looked high. I've often felt my eyelids stuck at half-mass and they appear very red. I felt like I was high often this past year, only I hadn't done any drugs. What makes a person look and feel high when they're completely sober? I laid on my bed, staring at the ceiling and tried to come up with an explanation. I decided I think it's the dissociation I've been training myself to perfect for years, running autopilot when I get overwhelmed and can't solve for X. In this case, X being how to handle the internal and external backlash that will come from being myself. I didn't look like this because of a drug, at least not one outside of my body. People consume drugs, alcohol, hard drugs, etc. for the escapism, out of joy, sorrow, boredom. That's what substances offer, a degree of dissociation from reality. I'd been working overtime on dissociating in the work I was doing, and then at some point I'd begun to also do it outside of work. The work I was doing was so far from anything I wanted or who I actually was that I wasn't ever being myself, because real me wouldn't be engaging in this work that required such an extreme degree of dissociation. None of the things I'd been claiming to be okay with were things I was actually okay with. I was never me, and to never be me, all that was left was a comatose zombie-like version of me. Me existed solely in my mind more and more every day. For some reason, at some point I can't quite identify, I felt deep down that bad things would happen if I was myself. The lies worked. They allowed me to earn an income, retain fake friends, and pass off looking like I didn't need any help. The only problem was, none of it was real. None of it was me. How could I possibly live out an entirely different life every day? Well, by dissociating and self-censoring to the point of coming off as high to others and myself. If I'd been on autopilot survival mode for nearly a decade, though, why only be a zombie for the last year or so? Well, a series of events took place, making me unable to keep lying to myself, mainly about wanting a real relationship. Those lies were tied to other lies, and once I forced myself to question all of it, dismissing reality wasn't an option anymore. Awareness of my self-denial mixed with ongoing coward mode created zombie me. Now, you can't see this if you're just listening to the audio, but there's um, two different little slides of photos I added to this article that you could go check out. <laughs> there, There's six photos of me. Some pictures from 2020, 2021, and then 2022, and the 2022 ones are the Little Miss Dead Eyes ones. So, have you self-censored recently? Felt a certain way but said nothing? How did you feel afterwards? Is it something you've always done or is it new? Maybe you stopped self-censoring long ago. If you still self-censor, can you feel the effect it's having on you? Is being yourself really that much harder? I wonder.